0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We are in our series Decision 2020. We hope wherever you are listening, you are blessed by this week's message. The one has been stirring this message in me that I feel it necessary to share with you. And this is this is a difficult word to share, only because I'm going to attempt to share it with all of you, and I realize that all of you are in different places of your love life. Um, How many single people we have in here? Single people, make some noise. All right. I know we have more single people than that. Single people, make some noise. All right. How many married people we have in here? All right, cool, cool. How many people in dating relationships? Make some noise. All right, so we have a mixed batch here. All right? And um, I recognize that we're all on a journey. We're all at different places in our love lives. Uh, Some of you, as you can see, are married. Some of you are single. Some of you are kind of in transition. Maybe you're divorced and you're kind of figuring out what your next step is. Um, I want you to know this. God has a word for you. He has a plan for your love life. And um, I'm going to do my best to just share... One major principle as to what that looks like for all of us. No matter where you are in on your journey, uh, God wants something to be true about your love life. And it starts with the word P. It's the word passionate. He wants your love life to be passionate. Somebody say passionate. 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 I'm going to talk to you a little later about why we sometimes lose passion. There's sometimes there's holes in our hearts. Where we lose passion, we lose the desire to love, we lose the desire to be in a relationship or be committed and faithful, we lose the desire to really, or we even lose the faith that our love life can be passionate. We, we want that, but we just don't believe it can ever be so passionate, so fulfilling. And, and I want you to know that God's intention, no matter where you are, is for your love life to be passionate. And what breaks the heart of God is for many people, whether single or married, is to live a life that is void of passion. You know, you know. for instance, if you're single, you may think that, well, that doesn't really apply to me because I'm not in a relationship. But what I'm going to share with you is going to really prepare you to close up the holes that might be in your heart that could potentially leak passion out of your heart. So that when you enter into that God given relationship, you're not entering into it empty. You're entering it with a fullness of passion. And that's what God wants for you. He wants your love life to be passionate. Somebody say passionate. passionate. Let me share a scripture with you Genesis 29, verse 20. It says, "So Jacob served seven years for Rachel. He served, he served Rachel's father Laban. He worked in order to to receive his daughter, Laban's daughter Rachel, as his wife. He served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had." Isn't that amazing? He worked for seven years and it seemed like a few days. Because That tells me your love and your passion can endure. It doesn't have to be just, oh, I'm just infatuated for the moment and it just feels good for the moment, but after a year, after two years, it wears off. No. For full, a full seven years he worked and it seemed like a few days. How many men would be willing to work for seven years? And it seemed like a few days. I want you to know something, that that's the kind of passion you have already in your heart. Sometimes we lie to ourselves, or we say, oh, men are not like this, or women are like this. Or The reality is, God put so much passion on the inside of you. We have a problem many times with our passions leaking out of our hearts. And we're confused a lot of times when it comes to how to channel that passion. And God wants to teach you something that I put passion in you. I put strong desire in you. And I want that passion to come out. I want it to be fulfilling. I want your love life to be off the hook. That's what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to get into a relationship and then be in a relationship and then just tolerate the relationship and just just raise kids and, you know, have a house and whatever and then die. No, he wants your relationship to be full passionate, and that's what I'm speaking over your life today in the name of Jesus. I want you to write this down. Passion expresses the value you place on someone. Passion expresses the value you place on someone, and every one of you is passionate about something. Let's just be clear about that. You're passionate about something. You express that. And your passion expresses the value you place. I like a scripture found in Luke 7, verse 47. It says, therefore I say to you, her sins. And Jesus is talking about a woman who supposedly was was a prostitute. She kind of had like a, you know, a a lifestyle that was, you know, a a shameful lifestyle in her society, in her time. And he looked at her and he says, you know what? Her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. She loved much. This woman came to Jesus, and she began to wipe his feet with her hair, began to cry, and, 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 and just, just wash his feet with her, with her tears, and began to worship him. And others around were like, yo, if this guy was a prophet, he would not be allowing this woman to touch him. And then he then corrects them. He says, listen, I came to your house. You didn't give me any water. You didn't receive me. You didn't do any of these things. This woman, since I've come, she hasn't stopped worshiping me. She hasn't stopped. And he says, you know why? It's because she's been forgiven much. And so she loves much. She recognizes where she's been in life. And she recognizes the value of forgiveness. And because she recognizes that, she is passionate about her worship towards me. So, passion is a reflection of value. Here's a question I want to ask you Have we all been forgiven much? These people did not realize that. We've all been forgiven much. You see, sometimes people look at it like, well, you know what? I was okay, I was a good Christian, I grew up in church. I was never this, I was never that, I never did this, I never did that. Yeah, I made a few mistakes, but I was never out there like that. Guess what? You're in the same boat. You were forgiven much. And the reality is, when you don't recognize that, your passion for God will be low. The person who recognizes it because they live in a society that tells them, oh, these sins are terrible, these sins are horrible, My God, that's 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 just how could you do that? Now they're more conscious of their state, but don't get it twisted. Every person here was in a deplorable state. Only some people recognize it and others don't. And those who recognize it, they're passionate about their love for Jesus. Now I'm gonna translate that now to your walk with your your, your love life. So you're you may let's let me just do I'm gonna be b- bouncing back and forth, single and married. Let's just say you're married, let's say you're in a relationship. Do you value the person you're with? Do you have eyes to see who they really are? Or do you just judge them by the external? Oh, that's just him, that's just her. He always does this, he never does that. You know, and you just kind of like categorize them on this, 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 this. Is it possible that you're missing something deeper? as to who they are, and it's affecting your passion towards them. Is it possible you're you're just focused on what they're not and what they're not enough of and how come they keep doing this and why they never do that? Is it possible that that's what's on your mind and it's causing you to forget their true value in God? This woman didn't do that. She said, look, I know where I am. I know what I've done. I know I know what I need. And therefore, I'm going to express passion towards you. And the Bible says that our sins were forgiven. Let me tell you something. Passion will get you things that you could never get on your own. I remember when my wife and I were dating. I didn't plan to share the story, but it's a true story. We were dating. And she didn't know I was planning on, you know, proposing soon. And I was, man, that find that ring was, you know, a thing. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was, I, I made a decision, okay, I'm going to get a particular ring. And I, I knew a jeweler and he was working with me. And I remember, it, I think it was uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, it must have been Valentine's Day. Um, she, like, did something tremendous for me. Like, she... She, she rolled out the red carpet. She, she, I think she washed my feet, I think. Yeah. I mean, she, she just like yeah. catered to me that day. Like, it, I was blown away. All the little things. It was nothing, nothing extravagant, but it was just amazing. And I remember having to make a decision. Okay, do I get this kind of ring, which is going to cost this? Or do I get that kind of ring, which is going to cost that? After that day, she didn't know. I went back to that jeweler. Yeah, we're going with that. That's right. We're going with that. Right? And I I realized something. It's because passion was so into the relationship, it it did something to me. It touched me. It moved me. Right? And that's what passion does. Jesus says, This woman's sins, which are many, Look at how she's loving on me, worshiping me. She recognizes who I am. Her sins are forgiven. So passion expresses the value you place on someone. Number two, passion flows when you have a revelation of someone's true value. I know it's similar to number one, but it flows when you have a revelation of someone's true value. Value. Someone say true value. true value. Here's a question that you should this, this is a prayer that you should pray no matter where you are. Lord, the person you have for me, give me eyes to see their true value. Cause me to see them the way you see them. I don't care if you're single, married, dating, whatever. Give me a revelation of who they are. And let that revelation continually unfold. Why? Many times passion is blocked because we don't see correctly. We don't see correctly. I remember one time again, I was in the shower, I think I've shared this a few times already, but I was in the shower I was upstairs actually praying and the Lord just opened my eyes to see something about my wife. He says, you know, you never, or not never, but you haven't really shown appreciation for X, Y, Z, and you begin to just, just show me. Look at how she does this. Look at how she does that. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And I'm in the word. I'm in prayer. And I'm like, oh Lord, you're right. I just had to go back downstairs and, honey, I just want you to know, I just love you. I appreciate you. I. Why did that happen? Because in that moment, a revelation of her value was given to me. We can easily lose sight of that. But this is why I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, give me true revelation or revelation of my significant other's true value. If you pray that, that's a dangerous prayer, the Lord will begin to... I'll tell you one thing. Those are that say, yeah, no, nah, sorry, there ain't nothing there. There's no value there. No, if you're, if you're in a godly relationship, the Lord begin to open your eyes, and He begin to stir some things in you. This is who I've given you. This is what you fail to appreciate. This is what you've looked. This is what you overlooked. Lord, give me a revelation of their true value. God, God, I want to share God's standard of love. God's standard of love. This is how God wants to be loved, and I want you to translate that first, of course, to the Lord but I also want you to see that as an example of how we are to love because we're commanded to love as he loves. This is what he tells us, Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With what? All your heart. With what? All your heart. I want to ask you a question. First, are you loving the Lord with all your heart, right? And then let that be the standard. Do I love the person God is giving me with all of my heart, all right? I'm going to talk to you singles in a little bit, but I'm just, I want to just start here for those who are married, those who are already in a relationship. I want you to know that this, and and if you're single, I want you to keep this in mind. This is the standard by which you enter into a relationship. Am I prepared to love someone with all of my heart? Ah, but is that for God? Yeah, it is the Lord, of course, but we are to love as he has loved us. So how does God love us? Does he love us with all his heart? Of course he does. He says, the Bible says that we love him because he first what? So the love that we have for him is because of the love he's given to us. So the love we have for him, loving him with all of our hearts, our minds, is because he has given us the ability to do that. He's placed his love in us to give to him, but he's also commanded us to love others the same way. So he says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. This is the first what? This is beautiful. I want you to really pay attention to this. Number three, if passion can be commanded by God, passion is always within our ability to release. If passion or love in this degree can be commanded, That means it's always within your ability to release. Think about that. Because this is how we look at love many times. Love just hits you. Oh, I just fell in love. I just fell in love. Mm -mm. There's no falling in love. There's standing in love. There's committing in love. Not just falling in love, you know? Because that idea makes makes it sound like love just hits you. You weren't... you, you weren't paying attention. You were somewhere there, bam, you got the love bug. Oh, I just fell in love. Well, you're going to fall out of it, too. There's no falling in love in that context. There is a commitment to love. How do I know that? God commanded you to love him. That's the, Now, in our Western mind, that sound, sounds weird. You can't command me to love you. Love has to be something I fall into. No, I'm commanding you to love me. <laughs> How can you command love? It shows me that love is a decision we make. You choose to love. Sometimes people have a hard time committing because, oh, what if someone better comes along? Right? I don't know if you've heard that before. I don't know. Is this the one? What, what, what if someone better come? Someone better is always going to come along. Always. The, and I put better in quotes because it's not really better. It's your perception of what better is. Someone better is always going to come along. The question is, are you a person that is willing to commit? Or are you waiting for I'm waiting, that, I'm waiting for that feeling. That feeling will go. It will go. So you don't want to fall in love. You want to stand in love. You want to make love a decision, a lifestyle, something that I do, because if God can command me to love him, certainly it's in my ability to love at well. Glory to God. I'm, I'm, I'm getting happy with this. Because sometimes we look at love like, oh, I don't love. Are we well? We just kind of grew apart. No, you stop loving. We did grow apart. Like, I want to get rid of all these, these nonsense expressions that we use. Oh, so we just kind of like grew apart. No, you stopped loving. You stopped being committed. You stopped doing the things that require you to have passionate love. Glory to God. This is why I want to talk to those who are married. You you sometimes you're not gonna want to have sex with your spouse. Oh well, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Why? Because passion, love, is something that you can release at will. Now, something's wrong if you never want it. You know, that's a problem. But you know what? Sometimes you have to release something that's in you even though it's beyond your emotions. I don't don't feel this. I don't think this. Okay, well, get those things in line, and allow your emotions to follow. And I'm telling you something. If you're not in a relationship, you need to pay careful attention to this because don't think that you're going to enter into a relationship and you're going to always just feel this way, you're going to feel that way. No, you won't. That you have to learn how to discipline your emotions beyond. What, what, what you, you have to learn how to discipline yourself beyond your feelings. Knowing that I've been commanded to love. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives. What should husbands do? Love their wives. All right. Well, that's a commandment, right? I mean, that means you can do it. You can. And I'm speaking to all our men. We will love our wives like Christ loved the church. Can all the men say amen? Amen. amen. Even if you're single, you're going to love, you're going to, we're going to have men of renown. They're going to love their wives passionately, love their children passionately, be committed passionately. Amen. 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 Wives, you're going to love your husbands passionately as well. You're going to serve and cater to them passionately. Can all the women say amen? Amen. Amen. I know sometimes men have a, look, we're adults here, right? Sometimes men have a little bit more of a stronger sex drive, and maybe yours is not as strong. I'm speaking to your sex drive. In the name of all the men are going to get happy with this. In the name of Jesus, I declare yeah, your desire for lovemaking will increase in Jesus' name. Can all the men say amen? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Come on now. No, no, you got to speak to your body. You got to speak to your soul. You got to listen. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a man, I'm a woman, and I love making love to my spouse. Amen. I, I, I love expressing my passion in a God-glorifying way, and I do it with joy in the name of Jesus. All right, let me move on. I can tell you guys are a little <laughs> nervous. We'll move on. It's okay. That's okay. You're gonna like this one. Okay, this, this is the, this is the nice one now, Okay, passion is planned. Somebody say, "Passion is planned." Passion is planned. It's planned. You know why we don't often release passion? We're not planning to. We're not thinking about it. We're, again, waiting for the falling in love thing. No, how about you plan to release passion? Jesus planned. I want you to see what he said. Mark 10, 33, verse 34. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. Jesus knew all of this was happening. He knew all of this was going to happen. But he still planned to go forward with it. He planned. Jesus, did, I want, Hear what I'm saying, guys. Hear, hear me. The crucifixion wasn't a surprise to Jesus. It wasn't like he was ministering and everything was great, and then all of a sudden they seized him. And oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, okay, fine. I'll... No, no. He knew this is going to happen. He told the disciples on more than one occasion Hey, guys, get ready. I'm not going to be here for long. I'm planning something. I'm planning to take on your sins. I'm planning to die for the world. I'm planning to express my love. It's a plan. Glory to God. And many times we live life in the moment. We just take it as it comes and we don't plan to release passion. And this is why we have relationships that are passionless. This is why we work without passion. This is why our family lives can be without passion. This is why different things that we involve ourselves can be without passion are you planning to release passion or are you just waiting for something to excite you in order for you to be passionate? Jesus wasn't waiting for something. No, he said it's happening and I'm planning for it. I'm planning for it. Oh, I feel good. This is good. So I'm saying this over over your life. You will plan to be passionate. Do a plan. Let me get let me get very practical with you. I practical why I said this and I think it's so true. He says, I've never counseled a couple that dated each other regularly. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I've never counseled a couple that dated each other regularly. And I realized one of the things that is so easy to lose is constantly dating, planning, doing things on purpose. Carving out time, saying this will be the time that we connect, that we spend time with each other, that we will fall. Isn't that what we have to do with the Lord? Thank God for the spontaneous. You can be driving and speaking in tongues and praying and worshiping and doing work. And it's, but isn't it wonderful also to have those spontaneous moments, but also to set time aside for the Lord? God, at eight o'clock, I can't wait till I get off because you know what? I have a plan. I have a plan to spend time with you, Father. At nine o'clock, my fast begins. Oh, I can't wait! I'm going to be spending time. What, what does that do? That increases the passion in your walk with God. But if your walk with God is always just spur of the moment, as it comes, oh my God, I have an emergency. Let me pray. If it's always that, then you're always going to live a passionless life. Passion is planned. Someone say, "Passionless planned." Passion John 19, 30. So when Jesus, excuse me, John 12, 27. John 12, 27. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? This is Jesus about to die. My soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. And that means sometimes we are planning something. And then something comes in the way and tries to, like, disrupt those plans. Jesus didn't give into the moment and say, oh, okay, well, I guess, you know, I guess I can't. No, he says, what shall I say? Father, rescue me? He says, no. I, this is the very reason why I came, is to die. So even though my soul is troubled... I'm not going to allow my soul that's feeling troubled to determine my planned passion. You hear me? Sometimes you're planning something. You get to an argument. Oh, well, 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 there goes that. No, your soul is troubled. But what should you say? What should you say in that moment? Forget about it. Don't talk to me. Or should you say, but for this purpose, for this purpose, I've married you. For this purpose. We've we've come into covenant relationship for this purpose. What shall I say? Should I give into the trouble that I'm feeling, the anguish that I'm feeling, the annoyance that I'm feeling, or should I give into the purpose? Jesus. Over God. John 19, 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, oh, sorry, I'm skipping something. Five, I'm skipping something. All right. Number, number five passion is executed I say passion is executed think about that he didn't just plan it he did it sometimes we get excited about the plan I planned it I thought about it I had it in my book no it's not enough to have it in the book do it Jesus do it. Look at John 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is what? Come on, say it loud. It is what? It is. That means I not only planned to die, I did it. I not only planned to take the world on my, or the, the sins of the world on me, I did it. It wasn't just a thought. It wasn't just an idea. It wasn't just a dream. I did it. It's finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Number six, passion is in our hearts. But oftentimes we have holes that cause it to leak out. I want to talk to you today about this. Holes to close. If you're single, I want you to begin praying about these things because some of these holes you might have, and even if you're married, you might have as well. There are holes many times in our hearts that cause passion to leak out. One of those holes is pride. You know, to be passionate and to release yourself, it requires humility. I don't know why, but as I say that, one image flashes to my mind. There's some students that are very smart in class, and particularly when they're younger, not older, because when you're older, you tend to be a little bit more, you know, confident in yourself. But there are kids who are very smart, and they dumb themselves down because they don't want to seem, you know, like I'm so passionate about learning, you know. <laughs> so let me just act like I don't care about this, although I'm really excited about the, you know, the the, the whatever they're learning, whatever scientific formula they're, they're really excited about it. But let me not like, act like I am right and it's like they're ashamed of expressing themselves because of how they're going to be perceived you understand what I mean and so sometimes when you release passion your pride can get in the way I don't want to do all of this and look and look this way and look that way and, and, and look like a fool. David experienced that when he was dancing. The Bible says that his kingly garments fell off. He was passionate. And his wife said, How wonderful was the king today? <laughs> she was mocking, dancing. You know, and his clothes came off. How wonderful did that look when your kingly garments fell off? And she was saying, You're like a fool. You're a king. Carry yourself like a king. Be dancing like the, the regular people. Many times expressing passion look foolish. Oh, she's just so into her man. She's just, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to look like I'm so into, I don't want to look like I'm wicked. I don't want to look like this. I don't want to look like that. And pride keeps you, keeps you from releasing passion. I'm telling you, don't allow pride to rob you of this gift. And if you're single, I want you to prepare your hearts by saying, Lord, any level of pride that's in me that will keep me from loving relentlessly fully with all of my heart, I pray that you allow that pride to be exposed and to be removed from my heart in the name of Jesus. Lack of truthfulness and transparency. If you are not truthful, if you're not transparent, if you're not a truthful and honest person, Passion will leak out of your heart because you'll be presenting something about yourself that's not and that false image will keep what's real from coming out so you have to live a life of truthfulness so sometimes people are in a dating relationship where they're kind of getting to know someone and they're ashamed of their past they're ashamed of certain things they're ashamed of what might be true. And I'm not saying you have to divulge everything, you don't. But don't be ashamed of who you are. Be truthful of who you are. If you cannot be truthful, you cannot be passionate. Passion is released when you feel that you can be truthful. Is this Is good? Another hole that we have to be careful of is fear. Fear. Fear will rob you of, of those of, of, of those opportunities to release passion. Oh, the pain of the past is another one. Don't make the person that you're about to enter into a relationship with responsible for the persons the, for the person who hurt you in the past. They weren't there. They didn't do it. And sometimes you have to forgive not only them, but you also have to forgive the gender that hurts you. <laughs> Are you hear what I'm saying? Some of you, it's not a person, but it's a gender. You're mad at women. You're mad at men. So any man, any woman, you already have your guards up because you're a man, because you're a woman. And I want you to realize the pain of the past will rob you of the passion of the present. You cannot hold unforgiveness towards the other gender. I'm releasing a freedom over your life in the name of Jesus. From this point forward, don't ever say anything negative about the other gender. Don't. Don't oh, you know how women are. Amen. Oh, oh. You know, no, no, because that is sowing something deep in your soul that keeps you from hedging. Because I know how women are. Because I, I know how men are. Because you know, <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. Listen, listen. Don't hold unforgiveness towards the other gender. Forgive in the name of the Lord. Amen. Oh, this is a big one. Fatigue. Someone say fatigue. Sometimes we're not passionate, we're tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Right? I don't have time to plan all this. I don't have time to think about this. I'm I'm just tired. Well, pray your strength to the Lord. (laughs) No, if you're tired, what you have to do is to re-examine what you're doing. Some of you who are single, the reason why could be because you're tired and you're in a place of constant work, constant running, constant what have you, and you need to begin to position yourself to be found. I pray that the Lord will give you wisdom. Wisdom. Lord, give me the wisdom of Ruth or the wisdom that Naomi had to give Ruth. Give me the wisdom of Esther. Or the wisdom that Mordecai gave to Esther. Give me the wisdom to position myself in a way that I can be found. Have you played that before? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Is it possible that you're going to the wrong places? Maybe Facebook is not the place. Maybe certain places is not the place. And you're busy about doing things. And what you need is a word of wisdom. This is spiritual. Lord, give me the wisdom to be found. Give me the wisdom to present myself in a manner that will garner favor by the hand. Give me wisdom. Yeah. That's what I sense. Some of you are tired and you're running about and you're not, you've not made yourself available. You think you are because you are available, but you've not made yourself available. You're single, but you're not positioning yourself to say, I'm available. Praise the Lord. I want to also speak about, and I didn't plan to say this, but this is something I feel the Lord is saying now. Some of you are inhibited in your personality. You're not free on the inside. So when you get around social settings, you get a little awkward, you get a little scared, you're you're just not free. The Lord wants to give you a new place of freedom that you can relate and release who you really are. Amen? Without feeling, oh, this is awkward and awkward. How do I do this? And oh, are they looking at me? And oh, no, 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 Lord, let there be, let there be a, a just a, a divine security over your children right now, and they'll be settled on who you made them to be, confident in who they are, free of judgment, free of just insecurity, free of social awkwardness. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Father, give us, Lord, revelation that allow us to live more freely, Lord, in our social lives in the name of Jesus. Give us wisdom that allow us to connect, Lord God, with opportunities that you are presenting to us. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to let that be your prayer. Lord, today I receive wisdom to attract the right person. Lord, I ask you for wisdom to pursue the right person. Lord, I receive grace to position myself for the right opportunity. Lord, may the person that I am called to and who's called to me, may they pursue me with a pure love. Amen. Do you believe that the Lord will honor that request? He certainly will. He certainly will. He's going to honor that request. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Bow your head. I want to pray just for everyone who's heard this message. Father, I thank you that this word is sinking and settling into our hearts. Lord, there's so much more you could say and want to say. And I just pray that, Lord, the message will not end now, but that, Lord, the Holy Spirit will begin to follow up whatever that was said. Lord, there's so many needs, so many things, so many desires, so many beliefs, and you see them all. But I'm asking you, let, Lord God, the Holy Spirit compound what was heard today. Settle it into the hearts of your people, and may we walk in a place of passionate love in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that you would do that right now. I'm asking that you would settle and imprint, Lord God, your love life plan into, Lord God, Our hearts in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed. I want to just give two invitations very quickly. One, I want to give the most important invitation, and that is the salvation invitation. It's when you say, I want Jesus. Jesus." If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.